I'm Christina Ballas. I'm the National Director for Strategic Implementation at CBC. And so I get to work really closely with all my, um, all the internal people that help uh, kind of work on things that work for you in the network. And I take a lot of pride in doing that. And I get to meet so many of you, which brings me to our guest speaker today, Adrian. And Adrian, I will let you introduce yourself. My name is Adrian Bartles. I am with Coldwell Banker Commercial and Coldwell Banker Real Estate Residential. I was asked to speak today because we are on our third generation of our family business and we hope we continue to grow like we have in the past. Awesome. And how long have you been with the brand? 1998. 1998. We started with, the, with the residential. And then commercial, we just, uh, just this well, year? I have a lot of confidence in them right now. Good, good. Well, we certainly have um, some folks that are new. Um, Sherry Arnold, you know, is a is a vet in the business. And so we're thrilled to have both of you on, actually. So, Adrian, I'm going to kick off and ask, you know, what made you what made you decide to jump into a venture uh, to make it a family business? So my understanding is your son is kind of kind of be big in the commercial space. And what made you kind of take that take that plunge to do family business? Well, the family, I'm the second generation of the family. My father-in-law started this company in February of 1973, and it was supposed to be handed down to his younger brother, but he chose to go into the insurance business. So after, I'm originally from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, so my husband, my mother-in-law was uh, diagnosed with terminal cancer, and she wanted all the family to come close. Well, since we haven't you know, we were debating whether we'd go back to school or or whatnot. We moved down to Lakewood. We moved down to Lakewood and we immediately ended up getting our broker's licenses. And my father-in-law kind of handpicked me to start running the business. But the person that did the internal work in the real estate company was my mother-in-law. Because when I went into our office, when I first started, it was all men smoking cigarettes and reading newspapers. And at lunch, everybody had a beer because there was a refrigerator underneath the front counter. So that's how I started in real estate. It was truly a good old boy's time. And I was able just to push my way through. And pretty soon I ended up running the company. I worked under my father-in-law with my mother-in-law for eight years before I became the broker. How did you negotiate that relationship with, you know, being both their daughter-in-law and then really their business partner and their succession plan? I just, my mother-in-law was this fantastic person and my father-in-law was the salesman. Um, He opened, we built a, we built a golf course. Our real estate company actually built our golf course and, uh, Initially, the the office ended up being at the golf course, and it, we, they were able to open up the second nine in 1972 because of, or 1975 because of the the real estate company. So the real estate company and the golf course kind of worked together well, 
And now a lot of my members at the golf club are also my customers and clients. And you actually get a hands-on feeling with people because you see them. You're not just emailing, you're not just sending mails, they're not just walking in the office. They know you, they're comfortable with you. That's so interesting. That's actually a great, that's a nice business model, actually. What made you think about jumping into the commercial space? Um, I, I know most of us, when if anybody else is um, Coldwell Banker Real Estate, last year, I just didn't, I didn't think we were being fair to our clients because commercial is so much different. And granted, I've only worked in the hospitality and retail. That's all I've done commercially so far and vacant land and then some developments and, you know, like air parks and things like that. But commercial is such a different market than residential. It was time and I wanted the franchise. You really kind of jumped in to use the tools and, you know, everything that we offer. So that's great. We're thrilled to have you. We know you've been part of the CB family for a long time. Um, I think you and I were talking and you were saying your your son was really a catalyst also in, in talking about getting into real estate. Did you ever think that your son, so you ended up kind of being, you know, raised through real estate. Did you think your son would join you in the family business or, you know, what did you think there? Absolutely not. I did not think that. Um, even I remember him being four years old and he said, I will never go into real estate. And I said, well, why is that? And he said, because people hurt your feelings. Aww. And I said, because he was this sweet, sweet, he still is a sweet child. But uh, I said, no, I said, you know, business is business and friends are friends, you know, and, and you got to be able to, you know, walk those lines and you can't take it personally and you've got to push on. So, no, I did not think he was going to do it. And I did not even think when he graduated from college with a business degree that he was going to join me because he was heading for Minneapolis and all the jobs that he applied for in Minneapolis ended up shipping him to Colorado. And it's funny because after I graduated from college, I went to Colorado and I really liked it. But my mother got sick, so I had to go back. And uh the when he was going through these interviews they're like um how do you think your body's going to handle the altitude and all these questions and he goes i have no idea and he got off the first interview and he goes mom why didn't you tell me about altitude and i said i kind of forgot about it i said but you'll be fine you know and he's like i didn't know anything about it and i'm like well you know it some people have a little bit of a harder time others don't you know and uh then he had a big get together with all his college buddies and they said, you know, if I were you, I'd work with your mom. That's an opportunity that you're not going to get anyplace else. So he ended up joining me. So how did you, um, I'm curious how you were able to kind of negotiate changing from mom to business partner and, you know, boss or, you know, like how do you, how do you navigate that relationship? You never talk about business at the dinner table. But it, it it's nice because we know each other so well, and he he knows me better than I know myself some days. So like yesterday, he knows that like with uh, Microsoft Teams, he knows on my desktop that I there there's certain thing I can't do it on my desktop. So he made sure before he left today that I was set up 
with the Microsoft Teams because, like I said, he, he thinks your position on the screen and everything is very important. So, and he's golfing. They're all, there's about 60 guys golfing at a <laughs> golf course down south right now. So, but that's part of the business. Yeah. It's yeah. The personal relations, you know, and I'm not much of a golfer. I haven't really golfed since 208 after my third surgery from breast. I had three surgeries in nine months from breast cancer. Wow. So I really haven't golfed that much, but I, I'm going to try and do it again this year. That'll be nice. I'm curious if there are others on the call that kind of have a similar experience, either joining a parent in the in the business or having your child kind of work under your wing. I have my daughters come to work with me. Uh, she's been with me now almost five years, and uh, there is a curve there. Getting used to them not saying "mom," you may not say "mom," you know, just act professional. And then when she gets upset about something, I just tell her, "It's just how it works, man." <laughs> and she's like, "Okay." She's toughened up a lot. She really has. But it's been it's been very pleasant for us, and I would think that she would be in my succession plan as well as one other family member. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, how how did did you think that she would join you oh, at God, work? Sir. My children you, said they would never ever <laughs> do this. When I first started, it was you know six days a week. I got Sundays off, and it was I've, I've never done residential. It's always been commercial, and it was it's very competitive in a man's world. Of course, you all know that, and um, it they just thought it was ridiculous. Anybody could not turn off their work when they got off. You know, they didn't understand that you carry it with you twenty four seven. So yeah, it, but then they realized it was a good opportunity for them. No. I was just going to say, what do you think changed their mind? Like, what was the aha moment? I think pretty much realizing that if you stick with it and you, you do a good job, you can make enough money to be able to do the things you want to do and not be tied to a schedule that, you know, eight to five where you have to report. Of course, I, I don't guess anybody's reporting anymore from what I can tell. But, but you know, it, it made a real difference when she saw the, the the different kind of lifestyle you can have if you do your own, you'd be your own entrepreneur. Well, that's great. And Adrian, for you, your son, your son's friends were wise, you know, it's like it was an early opportunity to really kind of get at a great career. I, know. I was very lucky. Um, a couple of them will be graduating from law school next weekend. So he's nice. going down to Marquette in Milwaukee to join well, I can't go to the graduation, but I would imagine they're having one big party afterwards because that's <laughs> what they do. But another thing I want to bring up is one of the things that the other lady that just spoke, um, my father-in-law used to always tell me, do this, do that. And I'm like, I can't do that. And he always tell me, you can't be a chicken. And I'm like, I'm not a chicken, you know, but he used to always tell me, toughen up, toughen up, you know, because I was always so worried about things and he just tell me just push yourself through push yourself through that's some that's great advice i actually just saw 
just yet this morning, I was going through my, my inspirational quotes for the day <laughs> and I was scrolling through and it said something like, if you're not terrified at the next step, you know, you're taking, you're not challenging yourself enough, you know? And I think that that's, there's something about that, you know, that the idea of like, don't be chicken or, you know, like just, just go for it. Just try it out. You know, what's the worst that can happen kind of a thing. I, I remember waking up some mornings thinking, oh my God, how am I going to make it through the day? And I just take a deep breath and say, you got this, you can do it, you know? And I did it, you know, That's but great. There, were, there were times where you would be completely panicked, you know, because just over the littlest things. Hey, Adrian, have you ever driven past your office and just kept going? Like, oh, it work? And you just go, I'm not ready yet. Give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have. Yes, I have. Been around the block. Well, actually, we're on a highway, so I have to kind of go around this big area. But it's like, oh, yeah, let me let me think. I know only drama awaits me. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that you guys have such parallel stories, you know. I'm curious to know when you think about, so you mentioned succession planning, and I wanted to take a little bit of time kind of digging into that. You know, in your business, and both, I guess, for Sherry and Adrienne, you know, because you have your kids or kid with you in your business, is it assumed that they might be part of your succession plan? Are you very intentional? Do you let people know? Do you let them know? Like, how do you go about doing this? Like, it's different in a corporate environment, you know? Well, when he initially started here, he said, I'm going to give, I'm going to give you three years. He's going to give me three years, <laughs> <laughs> which that attitude's changed a little bit. But um, I think, you know, as of right now, he's for it. hundred 110%. But COVID kind of took all that, you know, we didn't get to go anywhere. We didn't get to be with other people because the fact, you know, if we go to, you know, like Jen Blue, we would go to, I mean, I try and go everywhere. The last place I went was uh, Chicago, September of 2019. And, you know, when you don't get to socialize with everybody, with your, your Coldwell Banker family, you just, you lose a little bit of that uh, gumption, I want to say, because everybody is so wonderful that you meet that you just miss them when you don't get to see them. Yeah, there is definitely a huge motivating factor of being with your network and just it's like you inspire each other to do better, you know, these great stories and you're like, oh, I want to do that, too, you know. Uh, Well, the good thing is we'll see hopefully most of you in Austin. I was talking to Sherry before everyone joined next year, March, uh, I think, seven, eight, nine. So I'm I'm just thrilled to see our CBC network in person in Austin. I can't wait to start traveling again. I've already got, I've got somebody lined up to stay at the house to watch the dogs and I've got somebody lined up to take care of the horses. So we're good. We're going. That's amazing. Um, Sherry, how do you, how have you kind of dealt with succession planning since your daughter started five years ago? When she first started with me, I think I've made it very clear to everyone here that that Sue will be taking it over. And I'm sending her to mostly brokerage classes to teach her, you know, the law parts of it, the ethics and all that business. But um, she's not doing as many deals because she's not as aggressive. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be the aggressive one if you have aggressive other brokers and agents. You can manage them, but you got to know how to manage them. And takes a lot of emotional intelligence to work with all these people. 
But I think she's really good at it. She's at a good age. She's like 34, so it's a good age for her to really get going in it. And uh, nobody here resists it because they're more interested in making money than managing it. And this really works very well for them. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, management, certainly in this business, right? Like managing it all is definitely a different beast than selling. (laughs) So the idea of succession planning is really kind of working on a plan to identify the future leaders of a company. So if you are you know, a manager or a broker or an owner, you know, it's really important for you to think of, well, what happens if I don't want to do this anymore? Forget about, you know, tragic things happen. What if I want to, what if I just want to hang out on a yacht? Like, what if, what if that's what I want to do? Who, you know, what happens next? What happens to your legacy? What happens to all your hard work? You know, it's, it's good to keep top of mind, but even as a, as a, you know, mid-level manager, or if you're a sales professional that wants to kind of move up in the ranks, I kind of wanted to give, you know, some folks some thoughts, right? So for me, I always like to think, and, and I'm obviously on the corporate side, but I always like to think I, if I left tomorrow, bless you, if I left tomorrow for whatever reason, who could do my job? And and I don't say that in a in a way to diminish like my value, but you want to make sure that that nobody's left kind of you know hosed, if you decided to take a new opportunity. So I always like to think you know who can I, who can I work with in the idea, and then as a as an employee that wants to grow, I've had lots of conversations with my managers and saying if you left tomorrow what could I do to get your job? You know, am I ready? Do people think I'm ready? If they don't, what can I do to make myself ready? You know, and those are, um, sometimes they, they might feel like scary conversations, but they should feel really natural. You know, your company should hopefully be thinking of making sure you keep progress going for everyone. So I just wanted to kind of open it up if anyone had, you know, questions or comments just about, you know, progression or, you know, relationships at work and that sort of thing. So feel free to chime in. I guess I'm hoping that uh, my son will bring some of his college buddies to work with him in the corporation because the talent is there. We just have to get them there. And I've also been blessed with my husband's family. Our cousin is also our corporate lawyer. So he's always been a big help. And he's only a phone call away no matter when it is. And that's always been a help. But like I said, I'm really hoping we can get some of those younger kids that he went to college with to come join us. I wonder, you know, one thing I was thinking when when both you and Sherry were talking about your your kids saying, oh, no, no way. I'm not, you know, I wonder if they had seen you in these stages, you know, as as their mom uh that like in your building stages and that seemed really scary to them because they probably saw your blood, sweat and tears that went into it as opposed to now, you know, it feels like you guys are established and it's like, okay, that I can do (laughs) that. I want to (laughs) do the the stuff 20 years ago. That was really hard. Well, Donnie's 27 now. So I think that uh, he kind of, he's got a pretty good idea of how things work and I think he's comfortable with that he just needs the experience and the time basically to be put in so that he can move on into the company full time you know it's like one of my top selling sales agents she won't get her broker's license because she was always worried if she did i might leave oh interesting yeah we've been together for like 
26, 27 years. Well, I think I told you about her. We were on the rescue squad together. And that's how we ended up working together. And uh, but she she still to this day will not get her broker's license. Um, that is too funny that she just wouldn't get her. She still won't to now. No, no. <laughs> she's like the top selling agent in the area, you know. But I think she's always a little bit worried that I'm like, because she helps me if if I'm if I'm in trouble, if I don't have enough time, she oh, she's always there to help me, you know. So that's really nice. I'm blessed to have her. For those that don't have uh, a brokerage their own, they all they do have a book of business. And who's going to take care of your clients when you decide that you want to hang it up? So I used to have partners over the years, and I don't now. I miss my assistant that moved. Uh, away so I don't have anybody at the moment and it's a consideration because there are people you care about people you've worked with for years and you feel a responsibility for and you'd also like some uh, little amount of money coming in from that book of business. That's an excellent point, Suzanne. Thank you for uh, thank you for highlighting that. Sure, for sure. I mean, that is such an important part of our of our business is making sure that your book of business is covered if you decide that you you know you want to exit. And um, I think that's a great way for people to think um, about succession planning in a different way, right? Um, about your your book, but then also if you're looking to gain more experience, is partnering with somebody like Suzanne that might want to kind of you know think about it soon who knows but you know it's it's a it's a great partnership and learning for people to really partner up that way i i've talked to my agent about that and and we've tried to get her oldest daughter to take over a book of business but as of right now she won't do it but who knows maybe in five more years she'll do it you know she knows it's there she knows the opportunities there so and if she doesn't you know, I, I'm hoping that she will be able to find somebody that will do it. Because I agree. There, you've always got to have someone to take over that book of business or it'll go to another company or something like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's such a great point. Um, any other questions from our group that's listening? Feel free to chime in. Actually, Adrian, I've got a question for you. Uh, being that your son is involved in the business with you, when as a mom did you feel confident um, letting him like control or get involved in some of the transactions or navigating through the conversation of some of the deals that you're you would be familiar with? Because I know you're like um, you know a small town, rural area. Everybody just kind of knows each other. You know, where, where, how did you build his confidence or where did you find your confidence to let him, you know, run um, conversing in some of the transactions? Um, I, 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 I review every contract in our office and he looks to me to proof everything. The only uh, bit of bit, the only thing I really told him is 
being that we own a country club and we have a bar and everything, I said, once you get a couple of drinks, it's okay to talk, but do not hand out your business cards. Mm. I worry more about appearance like, than I probably should with him. But as far as the transactions, he's still learning. And I'm always going to be there in the wings watching. I mean, I watch over all my agents, so I'm going to continue to watch him. But it's that must be nice for him to know also like that's a that's a nice nice to have the fallback. And we did have a retired police officer last year and uh, he when, when he didn't know what we would share calls, but I always let people know that I was on the line. And this, this particular person was like, well, I didn't, I didn't say it was okay for you to be there. And I'm like, well, I said, I'm the broker. I'm the one that has to know everything. And, and he felt he didn't like that. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of odd, but you know, it, some people are, are hard to work with and he was one of them, but he really intimidated my son and it really irritated me. And I probably got more aggressive with him than I should have, but I thought he was way out of line. Yeah. So you're never going to quit being a mom. If things are unfair, you're going to step in if you can make it, make the situation better. That's yeah, really awesome. He was lucky to have you. That's, um, it's nice to watch somebody, and this this would go for, for non-family, but it's comfortable when it's family. But it's nice to watch somebody kind of um, step up and take control of a situation that feels unfair to learn from. It's like, a, it's a really great learning opportunity, but to see someone that you're so comfortable with, I think maybe, maybe resonates a little deeper and like makes it easier to, to model behavior like that, you know? And, and I've always, you know, I had, I had another broker go after one of my agents because one of the agents in her company had given them wrong, bad information. And luckily she emailed them with the wrong email address. So I ended up, she copied me in. So I was able to see what was going on before he was approached by her. But when I, when I see her next, we'll have a nice little chat. And I'm sure everything will work out just fine. I'm sure it will. Sounds like it will. <laughs> Thanks, Vanessa, for the question. Yes. Um, let me ask you, Adrian. as far as, you know, thinking about your own kind of long-term, medium-term goals for yourself at work, where do you, where do you see your, your goals? Have you thought about it? Well, I'm still, I'm so new with commercial. Um, I haven't, um, we're going to jump in both feet, of course, once we can do everything that we want to do. But I would like to right now we're kind of in a 30 mile range circle that we stick to northern O'Connell County. You know, we're a resort second home market. Well, I kind of I want to see our market expand at least 60 miles or 75 miles. But we need to point the cities that we want to go after and, and, and whatnot and actually they're not really cities or towns, you know, Lakewood only has uh, 860 residents. Oh, wow. So, but when we combine everybody in the summer, we're up over 25,000. Oh, wow. So it turns into, this is a place everybody wants to be. Yeah. That's a big change from season to season. Wow. And it's very hard to get people to buy businesses 
that have to pay that amount of money and work that hard. <laughs> yeah. People that can afford something like that don't want to come up here and work that hard in the summer. That's an interesting conundrum, but I mean, certainly there's a need. Um, oh, absolutely. It must be really invigorating to kind of embark on commercial real estate after being, you know, in the residential space for a while. You know, it must be just a new, I don't know, a new sense of, of excitement, I would imagine. You know, I, I'm really excited about the marketing. Yeah. The tools and. Well, I just want to do like a call out. Hello, Cindy Light. It's nice to meet you. I'm Vanessa with Coldwell Baker Commercial. I think you're in a Temecula, Southern California area, right? Yes, ma'am. Of- <laughs> Temecula and San Diego. But San Diego, that's right. And I see we have two other people, um, part of another group that cover the San Diego area as well. But geez, uh, Temecula has really grown into like a, a valley uh, winery area over the years, hasn't really? it? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Big time. Yes. They're now officially on the on the map of California for wineries. And the, the wine, the tourism business is out of control. Wow. It's really crazy now. So yeah, where are you, Vanessa? I'm in I'm in New Jersey, but um, I'm very familiar. I I I know your area very well, and I know almost like where Air, um, Adrian is is Temecula used to be like this um, no nomad land. I mean, just really out no out in the hot desert area. You would you would if you drove out there, it would probably be because you got lost. I mean, it really was nothing. But over the years it's become like this <laughs> this location that has just developed into um a great area with wineries, tourism. Um and it's really through a lot of the the land deals. So been a hot spot. Exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. We moved there from San Diego in 1988, and it was mostly cattle ranches and horse and horsing farms. Um, that's what we did. We bought a ranch up there. We're we're raising breeding horses. So um, it was a lot of fun. But in 1988, it was very quiet, sleepy town, and now it's we're we're over 250,000 people. Wow. It's it's insane. It's so different now. Um, so it's changed a lot, but you know, it's good, positive, good and bad. You know, but um, a lot of opportunity. That's for sure. Yeah, I was just going to say that sounds like a commercial real estate kind of you know excitement to watch that kind of explosion. It really has been. It really has been. And my daughter actually just graduated from college um, two years ago with a degree in finance and a minor in real estate, and she went to work for CBRE. And, wow. Yeah, she, so she's working for CBRE in La Jolla, which is in San Diego area. Yeah. Um, so we, we always, you know, banter back and forth about CB versus CBRE. And, you know, it, it's kind of fun. And, and I was really, when she decided she wanted to go into commercial real estate, I said, if you're going to do this, and this is truly your career path, my suggestion to you is that you go work for the big dog right out of the chute, get all that wonderful training uh, from the ground up. And work your way through the process like I did. Real estate's my second career. And and I was in corporate America for 20 years. So I said, that's what I suggest you do. And she did an internship at CBRE while she was in school. And then they hired her on. So she's doing right that. She's doing that now. She's working with an industrial team. Um, and she's fighting all of the bureaucracy and the chauvinism and all the crap that all of us have dealt with all these years. So she's getting a taste of it. So I'm kind of excited to see how this is going to evolve. And my goal is to bring her on 
on with me um, once she's kind of learned the ropes a little bit without mom at her side. That's so. it. I, I love that. That That's like it's such a different way of doing it. But then than the other women that spoke on the call. But um, that's so that's so interesting. You're like, go spread your wings while I'm not there. And then, when, yes. you know, that way it's not intimidating maybe for her or whatever. And then come back whenever you want, you know. Yeah. Come back when, yeah, after you've you've been through it. But it's been a very, very positive experience in that she's heard me tell stories for years about a woman in a man's world and dealing with all of the issues that I've dealt with over the last 40 years. And for her to now be experiencing that herself is, is a, it's, it's a positive thing. I hate to say that, but it is because she has to understand this is a tough business and you have to be tough and push through things in order to be successful. And then she's learning that firsthand. So I'm hoping in the next, you know, maybe year or two, she'll be ready to come on back and we'll see, we'll see where it goes, but it's, it's certainly been fun. That's so interesting. Um, how long have you been in commercial real estate? Uh, about 16 years now. And did you, did your daughter feel similarly when she was younger? Like no way, never? Pretty much <laughs> because, um, well, when she was really young, I was still in my corporate world. Um, so I was, I was traveling a lot and I was out of the country a lot and so on. So uh, when I got into real estate and was home more, that was a positive for her, but I was getting into the business and I didn't know the business and I was working very, very hard and very long hours. And really my turning point, I think, um, was getting very involved in the community in Temecula because we'd been there since, you know, 1988 um, and get involved with, you know, charitable organizations, the chambers, all, I was doing anything and everything I could to meet people, to try and turn up opportunities. So I was working a lot and, um, you know, we've joked to this day about how she was one of the last kids at school and five till six, I'm racing in the parking lot to figure out, you know, cause I was working. So I think, you know, she grew up seeing mom just, work, work, work. And, but she also saw that I really enjoyed what I did and I was helping clients help themselves basically. And I think over time I kept telling her, look, from my perspective, follow your passion, find something that you truly are interested in and it won't be work anymore. It'll be something you enjoy and you're going to get up every day and say, what am I going to do today? You know, let's go. And I said, if you can find that, You'll be so much, you'll be so successful and so much happier than people like for me, having come from corporate America, where I spent, like I said, 20 plus years reporting to that boss with constant, you know, deadlines and be on a plane and do this and do that. And I said, don't, don't go down that path if you don't want to do that. You know, let's figure out a way that you can work for yourself. Because once you have success and you get married someday and have your own children, you want to be able to go to that soccer game or baseball game or whatever it is, you know. If, you, if you're your own boss, you can control that. So I've really tried to instill that, find your passion from the time she was a baby. And I, I think it's finally coming together. Um, but she's, you know, dealing with a lot of frustrating scenarios right now um, with, like I said, she's in the industrial sector, which fortunately through COVID, um, the industrial sector in our area here continued to, to really excel. And, and so her team's been very, very busy from the beginning. But it was very hard because they closed the CBRE office completely. No brokers were allowed on premise at all. So she's spent the last year basically by herself in her condo, working from home, 
Um, it's been really, it's been a really tough year. So I'm hoping now that COVID's kind of settling down and they can go out and meet clients again and get more active, um, that you know things will start to pick up a little bit and she'll get more inundated in the day to day brokerage side. So. It's, oh it's been fun. We, this year, we are all definitely looking forward to putting, you know, getting on the other side of this. Um, sure. I, I'm amazed that your daughter is is dealing with some of the same issues that you did, like you said, however many years ago. Um, it's both uh, a testament to how much things still need to change, um, but it's good that she had um, someone to watch kind of go through it and, and have, you know, a role model to figure out how to navigate that. Well, it's, it's still challenging. And believe it or not, ladies, I hate to say it, I really do, but it's <laughs> the same type of and I hate to use the word chauvinism, but it's the same stuff that I'm hearing from her team today that I dealt with, you know, <laughs> in the 70s, <laughs> yeah. you know, so it's but it is what it is. It just it is what it is. And if you are going to be a woman in business, you have to understand that. And those are the rules of engagement. And you just got to just do what you need to do to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Two years ago, um, I had an experience where a woman called the office and she asked for the woman. And one of my colleagues said, we don't have any women. And she said, well, I talked to her. Her name was Sue. And the fella said, oh, she's not a woman. She's one of us guys. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I didn't know whether it was a backhanded compliment. Or <laughs> we had, I have a similar story. Um, we hired our accountant from years and years ago. He retired and he had lost his wife and he needed something to do. And I said, well, I need a receptionist. He said, okay. I'll do it because he needed to get out of the house. And here was the guy that when our auditor came to audit us, um, told him he didn't have enough, he didn't have enough ID. (laughs) And Colleen was in the office. She was just grabbing her chest like, Wayne, stop. Oh, my goodness. But he was a lot of fun. He was a lot of fun. For your money, for sure. That's too funny. Yes, he did. And and we lost him last year to uh, cancer, but we really enjoyed him. He just gave us that little extra twist. Oh, yeah. My goodness. Well, I wanted to, um, you know, I really wanted to thank everybody for being so vulnerable and sharing your stories from, you know, the tough days, unfortunately. And I, I hate to hear that, Cindy, that your daughter's dealing with the same stuff nowadays. I mean, you'd like to think there was progress, but that just should hopefully motivate us all to keep working to, to get more seats at the table, to make sure that we could keep our progress moving forward and make things equitable for the next generation. Because holy moly, boy, do we have work to do. <laughs> We do, yes, we, we do. do, but it is what it is. So, yes. <laughs> doesn't yeah, matter. Really with it. We all yeah. work hard and we kick their asses anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> exactly. Got it. It's crazy. Well, it looks like we have a lot of you ladies that can connect. Hopefully, if we see everybody in person next year, I appreciate everybody's time to join our women's call. I hope that everyone just has a wonderful rest of the week and that you guys use this as a way to connect. And I hope to talk to you really soon. Everybody keep their fingers crossed for me tomorrow. Oh, we are. We're going to be calling to make sure. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, everyone.